I want you to say with me, Holy Spirit, I know that you are the one that can fill my heart, satisfy my soul, change me from the inside, making me the person I need to be, empowering me to be an overcomer, empowering me to reach a lost world, empowering me to love those around me, and empowering me to be everything God wants me to be. I surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, I have anticipated this week for months, and um, we're calling this whole week empowered, empowered. And when I began to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, where do you want us to go in the beginning of the year? I believe God said, I want, I want the people of Bethlehem to refocus on the person and the power and the presence and the potential of the Holy Spirit. I want them to re-engage with the person of the Spirit. Now, we know that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's God, and he wants to do a great work in your life. And as I began to pray months ago and ask the Lord, Lord, who is it that you want to come and minister to the people of Bethlehem? I thought of my old good friend, Randy Ruiz from Missouri, and uh, he's a good friend of Bethlehem Assembly of God, and he's, he's come many times. But I thought to myself, if I want somebody to speak on the Holy Spirit, if I want somebody who lives out what he knows to be true, it's Randy Ruiz. If I want somebody to help my people to understand a little bit more about how they can plug into the power of the Holy Spirit, it's Randy Ruiz. And so for the next several nights and Today and tonight as well, Randy is going to come and he's going to minister in the word. You know, this is a time for you to be hungry. This is a time for you to be open. And uh, at the end of each service, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond, to come to the altars. You know, I, I believe that there's something powerful about getting on our knees before God. Let's practice what we learned last week. Getting on our knees humbly before the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And so we're not going to rush the process. We're going to slow it down, and we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in your life. So would you give it up for Randy Ruiz as he comes and ministers in the Word of God? Come on, you can do better than that for Randy today. Come on. Wow. You hear an introduction like that, and you know what the donkey felt like that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on. I believe even though he was a donkey, he heard all the shouts and accolades, and he knew that the shouts were not for him, but the one he carried, the one we all carry. So you clapped for me. Can we all give praise and adoration and clap for Jesus? Amen. Oh, come on. We love you, Lord. I want to speak to you for a short time on the subject of empowered to honor. Empowered to honor, for honor is the currency of elevation. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, 
Dr. Luke chapter 7 and verse 36 through 47. We will read verse 36 and then we'll jump to verse 44 through 48 and then I'll fill in the blanks for you. Empowered to honor. This message will lay a foundation not only for 2019, but very specifically for the next several nights that we will be meeting together right here. Empowered to honor. Verse 36 of Luke 7. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Look at verse 44. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. When you develop a culture of honor, you're operating in godly principles that will affect every area of your life. It'll affect your job, your friendships. It will affect your marriage. And ultimately, it will affect your walk with God. I believe honor is the currency that God uses to bring elevation. If you want to ascend any level of influence, you must learn that heaven's currency and favor is based in honor. And throughout Scripture, you can see the concept of honor woven deep into the fabric of God's Word, from the Genesis to the Revelation. As Christians, everywhere we go, we should be looking for opportunities to bring honor into the lives of people that are all around us, in our conversations, in the way we treat people, at home, at work, in the grocery store. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are carrying the anointing and this gift of honor. If you see someone doing a good job, then honor them by telling them they're doing a great job. Recognize their accomplishments. Give them credit in front of their colleagues. That brings honor, and you're not just doing them a favor, you're doing yourself a favor. You see, when you show honor, there's a commanded blessing from the Holy Spirit that is released back into your life. When someone arrives at the grocery line ahead of you and you're in a rush, honor them by letting them go first. That's called preferring one another. And it's a simple way to show and grow the habit of giving honor in your life. How about honor those in authority by doing what they ask? Honor the ushers by sitting where they ask you to sit. You think, well, I shouldn't have to sit in that section. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. No, that's why you don't have very many pieces left. You've been freely giving them away. Show honor by respecting the position. You may not agree with the policy, but because you are a person of honor, you respect the authority and you do it anyway. I found that the amount of honor that you show motivated by a good heart will be directly related to the amount of God's favor that you receive. It's like a heavenly bank account, and God keeps amazing books. God is the ultimate CPA. The Holy Spirit knows exactly how to keep everything in balance in your life if you're walking with him. If you're a Scrooge with giving out your honor and your attitude is, I, I can't give them credit, 
They'll look so much better than I. You'd be surprised how many times I have heard that over 30 years of ministry, usually from family members who say, I can't honor my sister or my brother, well, because they'll look better than me. Well, if that's the case, you're not going to have God's favor or the anointing in your life like you should. See, favor is nothing more than unmerited grace. Would you say that with me? Favor is nothing more than unmerited grace. Instead, you're making withdrawals from your heavenly leadership bank account, and soon you'll be operating in the red. And these withdrawals hinder your character. They take away from the Holy Spirit's ability to give you influence and wisdom simply because you can't be trusted to build up the people that are all around you already. See, character is the mental and the moral qualities distinctive to every individual. Your character is made up of your life choices. Are you making godly choices based on the written word of God, led by the Holy Spirit, and empowered to godly character? Oh, that's so critical. God wants to use you to better others. However, can he trust you to speak life into the ones he has put in contact with you on a daily basis? Oh, so many times we hear preachers say, you can trust God. You can trust God. And listen, friend, you can trust God with everything. How many say amen to that? Amen. However, in 2019, can God trust you? Can the Holy Spirit trust you to speak life into the ones that he's already given you? Not in a manipulative way so you can advance. No, please understand, God sees the heart of man. And we read that in 1 Samuel 16 and 7 where God says, I don't see the outward appearance, but I see the inside or the heart of man. And I also believe people will eventually see the charade. We've all met, with, met someone and we say, well, the only reason you're being nice is because you want to advance your agenda. You're out for ulterior motives. And the Holy Spirit is watching and he's keeping very good books. On the other hand, when you are giving with your honor, operating out of a heart of generosity and a Christ-like love, and you're always giving people credit and treating them with respect and building them up and planting positive seeds of life, well, then the Holy Spirit can empower you to reach out and touch others. And people will see that as well. And they'll sense the genuine warmth of the Spirit of God flowing in your life. Now, they won't know it's the Holy Spirit, but they'll sense something is different. They'll sense something is new and unique in your life. It shows in your character. And God sees that he can use you. And the Holy Spirit can trust you to be a builder in people's lives, a repairer of broken walls, a restorer of homes and paths to dwell in. This is what Isaiah meant when he said in Isaiah 58 and 12, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You'll be called repairers of broken walls and restorers of streets or homes or dwellings. And I believe that God will be generous with his favor back to you. Remember, favor is nothing more than unmerited grace. You don't deserve it, but God pours his spirit out on you with favor. Moses, what's that in your hand? A, a rod, a, a stick, it's nothing, Lord. Moses, throw it down. And the Bible says that the rod or the stick became a snake, and Moses ran from it. In my study, I began to chuckle because I would have run too. Snakes and spiders and I don't get along. 
Now, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very secure in my, in my masculinity, but if a spider's in my house, call my wife. And I was laughing, and the Holy Spirit, who is the ultimate teacher, and listen, the Holy Spirit will use the most practical things to teach you the most prophetic truth. And the Holy Spirit says, that's not funny. I said, well, Lord, it is kind of funny that this man, this masculine man is running from the snake. And the Lord says, no, he's not running from the snake. He's running from his calling. You see, the snake during that time in Egypt represented the supernatural. And God wanted to use Moses in a supernatural way to see his children delivered. And it was going to take a supernatural move of God, and Moses was running from his calling. And there is many this morning that you're running from your calling as well. And the Holy Spirit does not want you to run from your calling. He wants you to run to your calling. He wants you to honor him that he might empower you. Moses picked that snake up by the tail. Now, listen, I'm not a snake handler. I live in Springfield, Missouri. I, 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 you know, I've watched enough Animal Planet to know you don't grab a snake by the tail. And the reason is it could turn around and bite you. And again, I start chuckling, and again, the Holy Spirit will use the most practical things to teach you the most prophetic truth. And the Lord says, you don't have no idea why I told him to grab it by the tail. I said, no, Lord, I really don't. And the Holy Spirit said, Randy, I already had my hand on the head of the snake. I was already leading the miracle. I just needed someone to be obedient and honor my word. Is there anyone that will honor God in 2019 to see a miracle? Moses, throw it back down on the ground, and the snake turned back into a stick. See, the miracle wasn't so much that the stick turned into a snake, but that after God was using an inanimate object, it went back to being ordinary, to being average. Can you honor God, and can God trust you? Can you honor the Holy Spirit and have God use you in a supernatural way in 2019? That you come to know the intimacy of the Holy Spirit and he flows through you and he uses you in a dynamic way to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. To flow through you and you use God, God uses you to bring someone to Christ and then after he's done using you, you get satisfied to go back to being average, ordinary, everyday stick. Or you get a big head. And say, Lord, I've got to be the head usher now. I've got to do all these things. And the Lord says, well, you know what? I can't use that because you're not honoring the Holy Spirit. If you want to see more of God's goodness, then show honor in a greater way. We see this played out so practical. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 50, Jesus was invited to the house of a Pharisee named Simon, and when you read the whole story, it is very easy to see that Simon's attitude towards Jesus is rather ambivalent. Now, to his credit, he does address him as teacher, which showed some respect, but on the other hand, he doesn't exactly welcome Jesus with open arms. And it seems likely that Simon had Jesus to dinner in order to give him the once-over, maybe to try and trip him up with some hard religious political questions. One commentator I read said that it is widely believed that Simon also invited other well-minded or like 
Pharisees, and together they were going to group together and try to attack Jesus politically to advance their agenda. And that's really who's there in the house. All the uppity-ups, the upper crust is there. Either way, Simon is checking out Jesus, but he has no idea who he's dealing with because Jesus is really checking out Simon. And the Lord's about to turn the tables. Many also believe that Simon was kind of like parents who invite their daughter's boyfriend over the house to kind of check him out to see what he's really all about. Now, Simon did not extend any of these common courtesies to Jesus. Because in Jesus' day, they were, a guest was received with a kiss, given a bowl of water to wash the dust off his feet and a little perfume for his hair, and Simon doesn't extend any of these to Jesus. Again, in my study, I began to ask why. And the Holy Spirit, again, is the ultimate teacher. And the Holy Spirit whispered, well, Randy, he was so busy welcoming his really important guest, his friends and fellow Pharisees, that Jesus was overlooked. The sea walker and the blind healer. The one who said, let there be light, and there was light. The one who walked into the cool of the garden and breathed into a pre-existing substance and gave it life. He didn't rank highly in the eyes of the Pharisee. He was too busy welcoming his really important guest. With that said, I'm often reminded of what my grandmother used to say in Spanish. My grandmother, being Puerto Rican, she would say in broken Spanish English. She would say, mijo, you show me who you honor and what you honor, and I will show you the kind of person you really are. You show me who you honor and what you honor, and I will show you the person you really are. With that said, I've got to ask, what have you honored this year or this last year in your home? Remember, Simon had the ability to create the atmosphere of honor for the Holy Spirit. But yet he was too busy with his own agenda. However, the woman who wasn't supposed to be there, she changed everything. And I love this because 99.9% .9 of us, me included, all of us sitting here right now, we would have never been invited to this dinner party. No, this woman who wasn't supposed to be there changed everything. For the Bible says, while Jesus reclined at a table, a woman who was living a very sinful life came into the house with an alabaster jar of perfumed oil. That's a very nice way of saying the prostitute snuck through the kitchen where all the servants were, came into the dining room, and walked up to the master. And while he's reclining, it says she stood behind him and began to weep and wet his feet with her tears. Notice that she, it, she came to his feet. You say, well, wait a second. It says he's reclining, uh, but in our Western mentality, we think sitting at a table with our feet under the table. But in this culture, he's literally laying on his side on pillows with his hand propped up this way. And notice that she goes not to his head for intimacy or his body for sexual fulfillment. She goes to his feet for servanthood, to honor him. 
And she stands behind him and begins to weep and wet his feet with her tears and wipe his feet with her hair. She then poured the oil perfume on his feet and begins to anoint him. Pastor Steve said something just a couple minutes ago. He said, you have to be hungry. And immediately the Holy Spirit clicked in my spirit. This woman was hungry for a life change. She was longing for reality. Oil, a perfume in this instance, represented honor and blessing. You can say, she poured her honor on Jesus. And the Pharisee, he got upset, and he said, why did she waste the oil? We could have sold the oil and given the money to the poor. I want you to stop right there, because in many circles or in many theological studies, you need to know this is called a law of first mention. You say, well, what's the law of first mention? The law of first mention is whenever something is mentioned in the Bible and then it's mentioned again at another occasion, you stop and take notice because it really is important. This Pharisee, he says, why was this oil not sold and the money given to the poor? There was another who said the same thing. It happened in the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But this time, Judas Iscariot, a hand-picked disciple of Christ, with his own agenda as well, says, why was this oil not sold? For Mary came and she poured oil on the feet of Jesus. John later tells us that the oil could have been sold for 300 denarii. 300 denarii in that culture was twenty-five dollars to $35,000 today. So she literally poured a small fortune on Jesus. And Judas, not motivated by the poor or honor of the Holy Spirit, he's motivated because John tells us he's a thief and he was stealing the money out of the offering. The Pharisee, he's not motivated by the poor as well. He's motivated by his own political agenda. What motivates you? It's the Holy Spirit, the Lord of your life. Jesus told both men the same thing. Don't bother the woman. She has done the best thing. Listen, friend, anytime you are showing honor, God is saying you are doing the best thing. Now, here's where the story takes off. Here's where Instagram is about to explode. Twitter is about to go crazy. Facebook is about to explode. Because Simon, the Bible says, begins to think in his mind, but he doesn't realize that he is dealing with the man who created his mind. Thus the problem. And he begins to think to himself, and he says to himself, <laughs> if this guy really was a prophet, he would know who this woman is, and he would not allow her to do what she's doing. God in the form of man. Jesus was deity in diapers. Standing there, reads the man's thoughts. You need to know that the Holy Spirit still knows your thoughts. Don't miss tonight. Tonight I'll be teaching you on the power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds are real. They're ways of thinking that masquerade as your personality. And Satan manipulates behind the scenes, and you don't even realize it's happening. Well, that's for tonight. 
And you look in the mirror and you say, why am I like this? I don't want to be like this. Uh Uh-oh, don't miss tonight. Jesus turns to Simon, reading his thoughts, and he says, Simon, I have a question for you. Now, this is exactly where Simon wants to be. He wants to be on center stage, and he kind of wants all the attention. So in my mind's eye, I picture it like this. Simon, I have a question for you. I picture Simon with the long robes, and he says, yes, yes, Lord. Real kind of flamboyant. Yes, Lord. Simon, there were two people. Both owed a great debt, one debt greater than the other. Both could not pay the debt. So the owner of the debt showed mercy, and he forgave both debts. Simon, which person would love more? Well, Simon begins to calculate. He looks at all the people around the room, and he says, this is my political chance. And he says, well, Lord, I imagine the one who owed the most loved the most. Simon, you answered, well. Now watch how Jesus turns it on him. Do you see this woman? I love that because everybody saw the woman. I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. Do you see what's happening here? Jesus is turning the social agenda upside down. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Then Jesus says to her, your sins are forgiven. Notice she gave honor and then she received favor. What is favor? Nothing but unmerited grace. And when you pour out the oil of honor, motivated by a good heart that loves God, it then becomes the blessing that is returned back to you. No honor, no blessing. Limited honor, limited blessing. You will not receive in 2019 what you're not willing to give him. You will never receive what you're not willing to give. And if you don't give honor to the Holy Spirit, you won't have the honor to the level that God truly wants you to have. And some of you, within the sound of my voice, can go to a new level in your family and your church. You can see breakthroughs and things you've been praying for for years if you would simply begin to honor the people that God has put into your life right now in a greater way. In Mark chapter 6, It tells us that Jesus couldn't do any miracles in his hometown of Nazareth because of their unbelief. Let me break it down a little for you. Uh, They said there's nothing special about Jesus. We grew up with him. He played Little League with my kids. This is Mary and Mark. This is Mary's son, Joseph's son. He's no big deal. It was a lack of honor that kept him from doing the amount of miracles he wanted. For when you read the story, you find out that it says he did a little here and a little there, but the lack of honor did not allow him to truly operate and move. In fact, Jesus went on to say in Mark chapter 6 and 4, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, in his own home. In other words, they were so familiar with Jesus, they had the conformity that is bred from familiarity. It's just Jesus. It's just tithe. It's just Sunday. 
It's just a movie. It's just music. The attitude was, it's only Jesus. There was no awe or fear of the Holy Spirit or fear of the Lord. When I say fear of the Lord, I'm not speaking about a fear that God is going to kill you, but a fear that I'm going to grieve him, a fear that I'm going to miss him. Do you know I fear my wife? I do. My wife and I, are, we just celebrated 30 years of marriage. Praise God. And we have four children. My son Christian is 27. My other son Christian, uh, Morgan is 26. My son Mor- uh, Quentin, whatever his name is, Quentin. You get, you get so many, you first start to forget. The third son, Quentin, is 23, and my daughter's 21. And it's amazing. I fear my wife. Does any other men fear your wife? You better all raise your hand. It's not a fear that she can beat me up. She probably could. But it's a fear that I'm going to grieve her or hurt her in some way. So I live my life publicly and privately in a manner empowered by the Holy Spirit that only brings honor and grace. Same principle applies this morning with the Holy Spirit. Where there's no honor of him during the week, there'll be no miracles in this building on the weekend. No honor, no healing. No honor, no promotion. And I believe the amount of power that God releases in your life this year is directly tied to the amount of honor that you give the Holy Spirit Monday through Saturday. With that question out there, how much honor do you give the Holy Spirit every day in your life? Is the Holy Spirit the honored guest in your home? Do you live your life publicly and privately in a way that only brings him honor and grace? With that said, empowered by the Holy Spirit to give honor, your life suddenly begins to say, it's not should I drink, but why I don't. It's not should I smoke, but why I don't. It's not should I date that person. Oh, but she's so cute. Did you see them? Oh, they're perfect, Pastor Steve. It's not should I date someone that's not saved, but why I don't. It's not should I do certain things, but why I don't. And I don't because I'm honoring and fearing and protecting the same power that invaded the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and raised to life again the three-day dead body of the Lamb of God. Because I don't want any hindrance to God's presence in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to be able to pour through me, to empower me, to be used in a spirit special way. Going on, taking this a little further, and then getting ready to close it. I told you my wife and I have been married now 30 years. And it should start in our homes, you know. The sad thing is, I've seen people honor strangers more than they honor God and the Holy Spirit and their own spouse. I've actually seen people honor strangers more than their own spouse. 
People ask me all the time, what's the key, Pastor? How do you do it? I say, listen, guys, my, my wife is organized. She's brilliant. She's beautiful. She, she has everything in its perfect spot. My wife will go to Bed Bath & Beyond, and she'll get all those boxes for the closet, and everything is in order and perfect. And, and I walk in the room, and, and she says, you know, you really bug me. I said, why do I bug you? She said, you bug me because I go through all this stuff to get the closet really nice, you know? And then you come in, Hurricane Randy comes in, and within two days, it looks like it was before. And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I didn't pay attention until I lost my golf shoes and I couldn't find them. And I didn't have the guts to ask my wife. And so I'm going to a Convoy of Hope golf tournament and, and I'm digging through the closet looking for my golf shoes and I'm on my knees and, and I made the mistake in this instance of asking the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, can you help me find my golf shoes? And it wasn't an audible voice I heard. No, it, it was something well deep down inside. The Holy Spirit says to me, when are you going to start honoring your wife by doing what she asks so I can answer and honor your prayer? Scooby-Doo moment. Those of you my age and older, who? Oh. And then immediately the Holy Spirit brought to mind 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and being heirs together of grace, listen now, that your prayers may not be hindered, empowered. And immediately I said, Lord, are you telling me that dreams and miracles are not being fulfilled in my ministry because I can't keep the closet clean? And the Holy Spirit said, Randy, if it was that simple, the closet is the trigger point. I said, Lord, the closet is the trigger point that Satan uses to drop thoughts in your wife's mind that you don't care, that you don't love her, and you're opening her up to spiritual warfare that she should never have to deal with. And the same for the wife and husband. Do you realize that some of you are opening, up opening the doors for spiritual warfare in your home simply because you're not honoring your spouse? And the Holy Spirit grieves. Wives, it's especially important that you honor your husband's Honor is one of the greatest needs of your husband. If you say something sarcastic, if you say something, even if it's right, he's not going to hear anything you say. While the musicians are coming, because I want to get you in this altar. I was in a very large church on the West Coast, and I was in the, the Starbucks. They had two Starbucks in the lobby there, you know. So I was in one of the Starbucks, and I was watching all the people trying to hide uh, before I got out there and spoke. And I watched this young man walk in. And he came bebopping in. I mean, he had the awesome shoes. He had, he had the skinny jeans on. He had the little fade going. And he, he was just bebopping in. And he was moving around, shaking hands. And I'm watching him. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see what I knew was his wife 
cutest thing you've ever seen, late 20s. And she walked in, and this guy had her loaded down like a pack mule. She was pushing the stroller. She had a diaper bag over this one, a diaper And she had a two-year-old in her hand doing the wet noodle, you know, like this. And she's dragging him, and he turns around there at the Starbucks. He's got his coffee. He's looking all GQ, and I'm watching. And the ushers ran over to his wife, and they helped take all the things off. You know, they took the kids to Sunday school, and I went like this to the young man. Come here. Un coco, come here. <laughs> and he looks at the bulletin in his hands. And he looks at the picture, and he looks at me. He looks at the He goes, oh, dude, yeah, man. What's up? I said, what's up? I said, you know what? You're going to pay for that. He said, oh, my coffee, I already paid for it. I said, no, dummy, that. And he looked over, and he saw the ushers. And he looked at me, and he says, who? I said, son, take it from a man that's been married now 30 years. You may not pay today, you may not pay tomorrow, you may not pay even in a year. But maybe when those kids are old enough to leave the house and she says, see ya. And he looks at me and he says, why? And I said, because women are like volcanoes. <laughs> oh, you've been married a while, I can tell. He says, what do you mean? And I pointed to, in, in the Starbucks, they had a big TV and it was showing Kilauea that was erupting there in Hawaii. I said, listen, I've been to Hawaii. I've preached there. And Kilauea is gorgeous. It's awesome. It's majestic. But inside, and if it doesn't vent, there's an explosion. He came up to me after the service. There were multiple services just like here. And he's, <laughs> and he mocos and tears. <laughs> and he said, I, I just want to let you know, I, I picked my kids up at the nursery today. That's a good start, bro. I'll be honest with you. There's no way that I can do what, I, what the Bible tells me to do as a husband, even as a pastor, as a father, with giving honor without the infilling of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. I need Him. I need Him. And there's no way wives can submit to their husbands without being empowered by the Holy Spirit. The sad reality is you may be around people that are dishonorable, people that are hard to love and hard to respect. And sometimes you have to honor people by faith and treat them not the way they are, but the way you want them to become. Another sad reality, as I really try to wrap this up, is there are people here who have family members who do not deserve honor. Maybe a parent that did you wrong and physically abused you a relative that cheated you, a brother-in-law that's always taking, talking bad about you. Don't sink down to that level. Begin to pray and ask God for a supernatural infilling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit 
so that you in 2019 can love like you've never been hurt. To love like you've never been hurt. I want you to stand all over the room. Because that bank account we talked about earlier will have withdrawals taken from it. Eventually, you'll become empty. And frustration will set in. Frustration can lead to resentment. Resentment can lead to anger and bitterness. Anger and bitterness can lead to separation. Little by little, you can lose what you love. Today, I'm asking you to lift your hands and lift your voice in just a moment and begin to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to honor and to begin to create a culture of honor in your home. You say, well, it's too late. It's never too late to start. And Holy Spirit, I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to honor my spouse. And I'm going to honor those that have hurt me, even though it's difficult. And some of you are looking at me, you're saying, wait a second, Randy. You're asking me to honor someone that I hate. You're asking me to honor someone that has done me so wrong. And if you knew what they did to me, you would never ask me to do those things. Listen, only the Holy Spirit can give you the strength. And maybe you can't be in the room with them, but it's enough for you to lift your hands and begin to pray, Lord, open their eyes that they would see. And there's a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit that's filling this room right now. So I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to begin right now. Just to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. As I pour out my honor, and we create a culture of honor, Holy Spirit, bring the miracles and the healings. Now I want you right now just to lift your hands and call out the names of all those loved ones and all those people. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. There are husbands that need to grab their wife by the hand and ask for forgiveness. There are wives that need to ask forgiveness from their husbands. There are young people here that need to ask forgiveness from their parents and ultimately from the Holy Spirit. 